my wonderful friend, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Kurita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's always my privilege and my pleasure to welcome you to the program, and please be part of this program today. You can send us a text message with your thoughts, a question, or maybe just a comment, and you can do that on 4 triple eight eight zero eight double one again the number it's zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one on the same number will come just uh, in a minute with the offer which we have prepared for you today it's a wonderful book and you'll love this one make sure that you you write down this number zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one It's my privilege to say hello and welcome to our program from Western Australia, Don Folberg. Good to have you with us, Don. Thank you, Nick, and lovely to be with you once again, and uh, and hello to all of the listeners. Now, for those of you who may just tune in the first time, Don, it's a minister of the gospel, a retired minister of the gospel. Uh, Don, you served um, for how many years as a pastor? Uh, Forty-two years I served uh, as a pastor, and about twenty of those in Aboriginal ministry. Oh, wonderful! And if you haven't heard uh, Dawn uh, before, I will invite you to uh, go to our website or even uh, our app, Faith FM Australia app, or faithfm.com.au because uh, for the last three weeks we had the mini series Dawn uh, looking at uh, uh, wonderful aspect of reformation and you you share with us amazing stories and things about the reformers and uh, what that means reformation what was that you know <laughs> and we have this question um, you know which we um, ask during these uh, three weeks is reformation still needed in the third millennium you know yeah. Yes, and yeah. we, and we are um, you know we are going to talk quite a little bit um, today. I mean, we concluding today this uh, this program. But um, I was wondering, Don, uh, if we could maybe just uh, remind our listener for a for a moment that this week you are talking on uh, aspects like um, has the church of the reformers fallen away that was one of the subjects which you you talked about early in the week and then we look at another question um, what can the reformation teach us today is that room for the reformation uh, today we focused in on the bible for that one yes Uh, you know one of the things the reformation teaches us is that the bible is our authority it Mm -hmm. has got a bit up down through the ages and uh, the Reformation brought it back to light again people translated it into local languages rather than it being locked up in a 
uh, a relatively unknown language by the masses, mm-hmm. and so that was that was that particular focus. Absolutely. And then uh, we looked at another question: um, uh, what the Reformation got right? And yes, yes, because there are things which uh, which obviously were very important, and still yes. during the time of Reformation, there were still things which uh, was not accomplished. Yes, mm. yes. So we we looked at the Bible being our authority, and then when the Bible is your authority, then there are teachings that uh, come to light from the Bible, such as salvation by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, you know, back in those days, uh, this uh, beautiful teaching had been covered up with a whole system of uh, trying to earn your salvation. Oh, and right. so it was so important that this great truth be brought back to light because without that, there is no peace and no joy in the Christian life. Absolutely right. All just all just work, 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 hoping that somehow you might be good enough or have done enough good things to earn your salvation. I mean, that's a pretty sad, uh, sad religion. Mm-hmm. And that night you were talking with uh, Fabiano, um, the Bible and um, and time religion. And I thought that was a very good um, question to ask and good responses there. It was wonderful. Yes, yes. Yes, my dear friend, if you miss some of these programs, as I said, you can um, listen back to the programs uh, which you missed, and you can go on demand, listen to all of our programs, and you can do that uh, simply going to faithfm.com.au or even easier uh, through the Faith FM app. If you haven't got that app yet, just download it, Faith FM Australia. Because if you put just Faith FM, it may come Faith FM Canada or um, other things. But uh, yeah, please do that. Faith FM Australia, and you can listen back to the programs. And Nick, I would say to the listeners, uh, we told some wonderful stories about great men of God, Martin Luther, mm. uh, John Wesley, William Tyndale, uh, John Knox. I mean, wonderful stories, and uh, we we told those stories on those programs. So it's true, the listeners can go back and uh, pick up on any that they might have missed. That's right, that's right. And we had the privilege, uh, Don, to journey with you for these three weeks, and uh, we really appreciate uh, what you had to share also. Now, Don, um, just before we are moving on with the question which we have for today, which is the Bible and end-time religion, does God call for unity? This will be the question to tackle a little bit more during the program, but I just want to uh, go right now for the offer I have prepared for today because I don't want any of our listeners to miss out of this. And you know how it is, sometimes people driving uh, the cars and may run into an area where uh, there is not signal or something like that, and I want... Uh, I will mention this few times during the the program because I believe it's a wonderful book. It's called Baptized Paganism. Today's church is suffering from spiritual amnesia. This eye-opening investigation explores the pagan customs that have been gradually introduced into Christianity and whether or not you should avoid participating in one or more of these 
practices. Understanding why this controversy bears on Christian living and faith today. This is a wonderful book. And my dear listener, please send us a text message with the code SA66. SA stands for South Australia and 66. Don't put any space in between them, not to confuse our friendly robot, which may ask you a couple of questions and we'll be very happy to organize this book to, to come to, to you. And, um, right now, Don, I, um, had a short interview with David Lima from Family Voice Australia. Now, David was not able to come in the studio, but uh, I tried to get him over the phone. I must say from the beginning, the sound is not uh, top quality, just um, I don't know what happened, but I'd like to just listen in the next few minutes, uh, Don, about what uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia had to share also on this uh, topic. And uh, we'll, I will come back to you uh, after uh, this short interview, okay? Yes, that's fine. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. It's good to have David Lima from Family Voice Australia with us today, coming all the way from uh, Port Augusta, this time over the phone. David, uh, how are you today? Well, great to be with you once again, Nick. Uh, it's very good, David, um, to talk to you, and in particularly because we are finishing um, this week a series which we took on uh, Reformation, and uh, is the Reformation still needed in the third millennium? We talk quite a bit about uh, the reformers and uh, what the reformation means. But David, as a Christian ministry, I'm sure Family Voice Australia believes in the importance of unity. But your work has certainly attracted controversy. Are you prepared to forsake unity by your actions? Short answer to the question is no. We uh, are very keen to preserve the truth. And it's true that unity is a wonderful thing. It's something we should pray for and hope for. Our Lord Jesus prayed three times in John's Gospel towards the end of his ministry that there would be unity. He said, uh, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. In other words, this is us. And all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So unity is a wonderful thing. But Jesus himself said that there would be division. He said that that there'll be separation because some people will follow the truth and others won't. Now, Jesus himself is the truth. So Mm. if if we are following him genuinely, we will understand the truth and we will live true lives. Mm. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And so we've got terrible disunity among Christians and we've got disunity in our culture. And our ministry certainly has attracted a great deal of controversy over the years. Not that we see controversy far from it, but uh, the truth has a, a reaction, a negative reaction or a positive reaction, and uh, we have many opponents. But remarkably, the truth sometimes and ultimately will prevail mm. uh, in the fullness of time. And the... Uh, a great truth has occurred recently, and that is the, the shutting down of the Tavistock Clinic 
in Britain, which has been providing radical gender intervention. Mm -hmm. And it's been shown that the clinic has been letting down vulnerable people. The same is happening in Australia. Uh, in Scandinavia, the radical intervention uh, of, uh, this is hormonal and surgical treatment for young people who are experiencing uh, gender confusion. Mm -hmm. In Scandinavia, those clinics are also uh, shutting down most of their services. So we're a bit behind the times here in Australia in that respect. And it's wonderful to see that the, that the truth is prevailing and might continue to prevail. All right, all right. Well, um, is unity at any price a biblical uh, Christian position? No, absolutely not. Jesus said there will be division between family members either. Mm. And this is, this is the saddest form of disunity, I think, because the family is the basic unit of society, uh, predates even the church. And when we've got disunity in families, well, where do we think things are going to go on that basis? Uh, the, if the fundamental building block is disunified, then everything's going to be disunified. But uh, we must aim for the truth, seek the truth, because Jesus is the truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Right. Right. What is the biblical um, basis of Christian unity? Is it a right doctrine, a right practice, or what? Well, yes, that follows from unity around Christ uh, when it is a genuine unity. Unfortunately, in our modern church situation, we've got Christians who believe very much in unity and they want to elevate unity above the truth. And they say, well, we have Jesus in common uh, and therefore we should be unified and we can just pretend that the doctrinal differences don't exist. Mm -hmm. That's not really a biblical position because to embrace Jesus is to embrace him as the truth. So we can't, we can't unify together around him and disagree about doctrinal issues. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, minor, minor things as, you know, if, whether, whether you move, in, uh, move your hand to the right or to the left, uh, as it were, at that level. It's neither here nor there, and Paul makes very clear that there are some things you should keep yourself. Uh, and um, these are not matters of, of doctrinal importance. They're matters of custom and tradition. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been speaking about Martin Luther famously. At one point, some of his colleagues came to him and they complained because the, the local minister was lifting up the bread. Mm. You know, when we, when we have the bread and wine, he was lifting it up. And I'm not complaining about the saying, where does Scripture demand it? And Luther's reply very wisely was, where does Scripture forbid it? Mm -hmm. So on some of these minor issues, uh, it is wrong for us to make uh, a matter out of it. We should just zip our lip and keep it to ourselves. Right. On significant doctrinal issues, where we're talking about the person and work of Christ, his mission, uh, and all of what he taught, Uh, these things must be vigorously defended, and unfortunately, it means there's going to be disunity. Mm. But we do pray that in the fullness of time, God, through His Holy Spirit, will lead each one of us into the truth. Wonderful. That's really good. Uh, David, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us today on this aspect. And um, yes, let's uh, stay uh, strong through the truth. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. God bless you and uh, looking forward to see you back in the studio sometime. Thank you, Nick. 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And welcome back uh, in the studio here at Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita. And that was David Lima from Family Voice Australia sharing with us on the topic which uh, we are going to discuss a little bit more today with Don. And that's uh, the Bible and uh, end time religion. Does God call for unity? Just before I'm uh, going to ask Don to share with us a bit, uh, I would like to mention again about the book which you have prepared for you today. It's a wonderful book. I think you should have this one in your uh, hands and, and read it. It's called Baptized Paganism. And today's church is suffering from spiritual amnesia. This eye-opening investigation explores the pagan customs that have been gradually introduced into Christianity. And whether or not you should avoid participating in one or more of these practices. Understand why this controversy bears on Christian living and faith today. Please uh, send us a text message with the code SA66. And this book is yours. The number where you could uh, write that message is 04888-80811. Again, the code is SA66. SA stands for South Australia and uh, the number 66. Don't put any breaks or space in between uh, this, not to confuse our robot. But back to Don here. Don, let's uh, look into this subject again. And um, I may uh, start to um, ask the same uh, question to you uh, again. The Bible and the end time religion. Does God call for unity, Don? I would say yes. And I would say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, let me explain. Yes, unity is the ideal, and Jesus prayed for that, as David uh, just mentioned on, on your interview there. And he quoted the words of Jesus in John chapter 17 and verses 20 and 21, where Jesus prayed that his followers might be one. And so, uh, and so in answer to the question, does Jesus call for unity? Yes, he does. But in the light of widespread religious confusion, Jesus gives a last day call uh, that's, uh, that seems a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to read it to you there, Nick. It's Revelation chapter 18 and verse 4. And here it says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. Right. And so here, Nick, there is a call to come out of her. Now, what's the her? The her is, in the context, Babylon. It's just mentioned earlier up that Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and so on. And so what does Babylon refer to? Well, to say it simply, it refers to religious confusion. Uh-huh. And so here there is a call to come out of her, come out of religious confusion. And who's the call given to? It says, come out of her, my, my people. people. Yes. Yes. So that's very interesting. Jesus has people his own dear people 
who are in a danger zone. And because he loves them, he is calling them out. That's what the verse says. He says, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins Mm. and receive of her plagues. And so in love, Jesus is giving this call. In the midst of of religious confusion where there are false teachings, Jesus is calling his people to come out. That's very interesting, isn't it, Yes, absolutely. And Don, I heard about many times, particularly coming from a traditional, you know, church saying, you know, not that I agree with everything here, you know, I believe in God, God is my savior, but I'll stay here because this is the religion of my parents, or this is the religion, you know, the, the culture. I was just going to say, Nick, it's interesting that people say that. Oh, it was good enough for my uh, grandfather, it's good enough for me. I don't hear them saying that about their motor car. Oh, that right. if it's good enough for grandfather, it's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so true, that's so true. Uh, Don, uh, how do we reconcile the call for unity and the call to come out? Well, Nick, genuine unity must be based on Jesus and on the Bible mm-hmm. and on truth. Now, David was um, quoting that beautiful text in John chapter 14 and verse uh, 6, where uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right. No one comes to the Father except through me. I remember as a, as a young fellow, I went into a bookshop in Sydney near the train station. Mm-hmm. I had a little time to wait, and so I thought I'll just uh, fill in the time. And I asked somebody where there was a Christian bookshop, and so they directed me to this place. And when I got in there, it wasn't a Christian bookshop, Nick. It, it was a religious bookshop, but it had all sorts of other things than Christianity, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I was really a bit upset, to be honest, that they would send me there for a Christian bookshop. And I uh, I went up to the girl at the counter and I said, tell me, I said, uh, which book would you direct me to that uh, would uh, tell me the way of salvation? Mm. You know what she said? She said, you can take any one of them. <laughs> they'll, all, they'll all tell you. And there there were books on Hinduism and Buddhism and some other ism, you know. And they'll all tell you the way, she said. <laughs> well, I showed my true colors then. I quoted this text. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Or oh, she said, that was just for the culture of that day. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yes, that's but, oh, so true. <laughs> but you know, you know, Nick, Jesus is the way and he is the, the truth, it says. Mm. Jesus is the truth. In John chapter 17, uh, just a few pages over, it says, Jesus says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Wow. And, and Nick, I would say to the listeners today that it's true there are people who say, just give me Jesus. But uh, don't tell me anything about these teachings of Jesus. Hey, listen, you can't separate Jesus from his teachings. It's impossible to say, I'll have Jesus, but I won't have his teachings. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if we take Jesus, we take his teachings. To me, that makes sense. And um, uh, David last week actually quoted that text where Jesus said, I've come not to call pe- uh, to bring peace but a sword. And, and that sounds strange because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. But, mm. and, and Nick, he does bring peace to those who accept him. But for those who refuse to accept him and his truth, it brings division, it brings trouble. And uh, I'd remind uh, I'd remind you that it's the same sun that bakes the clay that melts the butter. Right. And so you see, it's the same sun, but it's the substance that makes the difference. It bakes clay hard, but it melts butter. And so the same truth can be presented one person says that that I rejoice to hear that that has set me free, and the other one rejects it and wants to fight it. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, interesting. But uh, just another text here regarding this: John chapter eight and verse thirty-one. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, "If you abide in my word." If you abide in my word, if you stay with my word, if you follow it, you are my disciples indeed, he said. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so how do we reconcile the call for unity and the call to come out? Well, if we, uh, if we are prepared to unite on God's word, we can be one. If we're prepared to unite on Jesus and his word and his teachings, we can be one. Otherwise, we need to heed the call to come out. Yes, yes. Now, thank you for sharing those uh, passages in the Bible, uh, Don. And um, we are going to talk a bit more about um, that call to come out and come out of what. Uh, but just now, um, Don, can you tell us uh, your story about the meeting uh, to plan for the religious instruction class at the high school, well, local high school? Yes, Nick, I was invited to a minister's fraternal one time to, and I met with the other ministers of the town. It was a, a country town. And, um, one of the items of discussion for the day was the, the religious, the religious instruction class that was coming up at the local high school. And so the question was, should we all work together? Um, or should we take the students separately according to their religion? In other words, uh, should we just have one big meeting and all of us ministers be there together and, um, and, uh, something is presented? Mm-hmm. Or should, uh, the Anglicans take their students and the Catholics theirs and the Lutherans theirs and so on, you know? Yes. So there was a lot of discussion, uh, regarding this. Some wanted to, uh, be together and some wanted to be separate and uh, some were saying we should be, we should be all together to show that we are one in proclaiming Christ and uh, mm. and some weren't so convinced and finally the um, uh, the Lutheran pastor spoke up and he said you can't fool the kids he said they know we're separate denominations he said so you know, why try to make out we're all one when we're not really? They know the difference, he said. (laughs) And uh, anyway, there was a strong push by the Anglicans and the uniting 
uh, pastors to do it all together. And finally, that's what the meeting decided. We only had an hour. By the way, Nick, they only gave us one hour each term for religious instruction in the high school. In the primary school, we got an hour each week. But uh, in the high school, it was one hour each term. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, um, so anyway, we decided um, we would all do it together. And after the decision was made, very quietly, the two Catholic nuns that were present said, well, you can do what you like, but we will take our students separately, thank you. Wow. Mm. And I never forgot that. I thought, oh, that's a very, very interesting meeting. Yes. And you know, uh, Don, as you said, um, giving you an hour for a, a, a quarter or whatever was there, uh, in these days, <laughs> people may even think that's a lot, you know, because yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you try to, I mean, everyone tr- try to throw out of the window all the religion thing and all the... Uh, wonderful things, Don, on which this society was built. And even yes. ourselves here in this country and many other which uh, pretended, you know, I'm not sure right now if anybody will still believe that uh, we are still a Protestant country. But, um, yes. you know, build uh, those wonderful uh, principles, you know, on the world. It's, it's, it's true what you say, Nick. I understand that at the present time in our society, there is a move to even ban Christian chaplains from our public schools. Absolutely, yes, yes. Don't, so, yes. Yeah. What happened at another instruction class? Can you share with us also? Well, uh, another, um, another time we did have the religious instruction uh, altogether. I can't remember for sure whether the Catholics were separate or whether they joined in with with the Protestants. Mm, mm. But anyway, the fraternal had got a, a guest presenter. He was a Baptist minister, and uh, he was to share his testimony to the students, and then there'd be a bit of a discussion afterwards. Mm. Well, the Baptist minister, he had been a wild man before he gave his heart to Jesus, and he had quite a story to tell. It was a wonderful conversion story, uplifting Jesus as the only one who can save us. And, uh, you know, it was very appropriate, I thought, for those high school students to hear a story like that. But uh, but you wouldn't believe it. That wonderful story brought division among the ministers. They couldn't even agree on that. All right. Um, the Baptist minister was telling his story, and he, he was saying how in his wild old days he had got on the drink, you know, on the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And how when he gave his heart to Jesus, the Lord gave him the victory over the drink. And one of the ministers sitting at the back of the room, he was sitting um, beside me there, and he started protesting. He said, that man is making out there's something wrong with drinking. Mm. He said, I give my children, I give my children drink, he said. I give them a drink of beer, he said. It's a gift from God, he said. And that man's making out that there's something wrong with it, he said. Right. Well, he was getting more agitated about it and the MC of the meeting had to shush him up because he was disturbing the the kids, you know? <laughs> and so uh, 
again, very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, while you mentioned that, uh, Don, because I heard this many times about the drinking, because it's in the Bible, it's there, there are so many stories about drinking, um, yes. and people will point out to those uh, stories, but never give you those passages in the Bible where it's strongly recommended not to drink. And what's the effect yes. of the drinking, you know, but, you know, because it's in the Bible and this is very interesting. We need to understand Bible in the context. We, we cannot just take things out of the context and uh, uh, take it for yes. us uh, as, as it pleases us. You know, drinking has never made a better man out of anybody. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. You know, Solomon, the wise man, says in Proverbs 20, verse 1, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Mm. And it says there that, Paul says uh, there that the drunkard will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you know, Nick, the only safe way of not becoming a drunkard is not to drink. Absolutely right, Don, and I know. I've I've seen people who... And I know we're getting off the track here a bit, but I've seen people who um, say, oh, we're just social drinkers, we can control it. But when a crisis comes in their life, they end up becoming more than a social drinker. So the only safe course is is to not drink at all. Absolutely. And I can testify to that, uh, Don. I thought I was uh, just a social smoker and drinker. Uh, it, you know, but uh, I struggle very badly to give up smoking at some point in time in my life. And I thought I'm yeah. just a social smoker. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, but hey, just uh, coming back, uh, I'm, I'm really interested, you know, to the story you're sharing uh, today. And uh, you had an interesting request uh, at another mis- minister's uh, fraternal meeting. Uh, can you yes. expand on that story? Yes, in one of our other meetings. Uh, one of the pastors said to uh, said he said, you know, he said, we've got a real alcohol problem here in this town or a growing alcohol problem among the young people. And he said, I know you Seventh-day Adventists have got a very good stop smoking plan. Mm. You know, we, we've helped millions of people around the world to give up smoking. And uh, he said, uh, maybe, he said, I was just wondering, have you got something that uh, might address the alcohol issue and be a benefit to the town? Mm. Well, I agreed to organize a program. I said, yes, we could do something. And the Baptist minister, he was very supportive. He said, I'll stand with you, you know. Uh, the Salvation Army, I don't think uh, the captain was there that day, but... Uh, if he would have been, he would have been supportive. Uh, one of the other ministers, the one that was moaning and groaning up at the uh, the meeting at the high school, he said, oh, no, drinking is a gift from God. He said, I, I, I won't be in anything on that. And another one of the ministers, he started to get the shakes, and he said, if you're talking about total abstinence, he said, I wouldn't have a part in your program. Mm. And another minister said, well, I, I, I don't want to support it. And then when I asked the one that asked me to do it, I said, uh, would you stand on the stage with me and lend me your support? Oh, no, he said. No, he said, I believe in total abstinence, he said, because um, of my background. But he said, um, I have I have members now from 
um, in my church that don't uh, agree with total abstinence. So he said, I wouldn't say a word. I couldn't stand with you, he said. Mm, mm. You know, because of this division among them, I had to go it alone in organizing the meeting. I couldn't do it under the auspices of the minister's fraternal, even though that's where the request originally came from. Right, right. Now, um, again, just to remind our listeners, Don, uh, we're talking today about the Bible and end-time religion. Does God call for unity and um, you sharing with us a beautiful uh, story Don and uh, your experience um, now you told me the ministers fraternal were often talking about unity and combined services combined evangelistic endeavors uh, you made a suggestion how was it received yes well they were always talking about unity mm-hmm. and yet um there were many things that we disagreed on. Mm-hmm. For example, one of one of the ministers didn't believe you could trust the Bible, all the Bible. He said, oh, there's certain parts of it are just myths. He came straight out. He said that to me personally. Mm. And then another one, he came to visit me one day and we got talking about the subject of baptism. And uh, he said, oh, no, baptism is uh, sprinkling, you know. And I said, well... Uh, in in John chapter 3, uh, it says that John uh, John the Baptist was baptizing in Anon near to Salem because there was much water there. I mm. said they needed much water, in, in John the Baptist did to perform a baptism, which shows it's by immersion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it had been raining and there was a puddle in my yard there. And this minister got dancing around this puddle telling me that could be much water, he said. That could be much water. Mm. It's just you only need enough to sprinkle a bit of water on the head. There was, an, uh, um, there was another one of the ministers. He, he believed that hell is an eternal burning uh, punishment that God is going to perform on the wicked. So there were lots of things we, we disagreed on. And yet, as you say, there were often talking about unity and combined meetings and so on. So I made a practical suggestion. I said, um, how about uh, what, uh, we, we each um, take our turn, we have a special meeting and we each take our turn and present a, a paper on uh, one of our, our beliefs that differs from some others and uh, we give our biblical reasons for why we believe that, and then we could discuss that. And I said, in that way, we could work towards unity. Right. You know what they said? Mm. You know what they said? They said, I think we'll uh, we'll put that on the agenda for the next meeting. <laughs> well, right. you know, Nick, we got to the next meeting, and they said, I think we'll put that on the me- uh, on the agenda for the next meeting. And, and that probably meeting, is still on the agenda, Don. At the next meeting, I wasn't there. <laughs> and so they talked about it and they decided that it wasn't really a good idea to discuss our differences. Mm. And so that was it. That was the finish of it. Yeah. Now, discussions about unity, uh, they, they still continued to talk about let's do things unitedly and so on. But the only way we could have had unity would be for all of us to go silent on 
some things and so that we could we could sort of um, you know be united together we'd all have to give up something from the bible that we believed that mm. was important in order to be together so how can you have biblical unity and how can you have biblical unity when you're not prepared to discuss things from the bible and you know some people might say, well, um, you know, is this issue of alcohol important? Yes, I believe it's very important, but it's not the only issue. Remember, when I was in Launceston in Tasmania, one of the pastors didn't even believe in the virgin birth, he said, and he wasn't sure of the resurrection, and he wasn't sure about the second coming. And now today we have same-sex marriage, we have evolution, we have some people saying you can't believe in the miracles of the Bible. So how can you have real unity when there are differences like this and people are not prepared to come and look at the Bible to see what it says? Because the Bible, your word is truth. Jesus Amen. Said. Yes. He said, he, his word, his word is, he is the truth and his word is truth. And you know, Don, many people uh, today uh, experience their uh, spiritual journey uh, only by, you know, uh, listening uh, this clip here and there on the internet or, or even going to the church and not to bother to carry a Bible or to check with the Bible what has been said there. And um, yes, I've been it's my... Yeah. It's true. Hollywood's not a good place to find out what the Bible says. That's mm. where some people, that's the only, you know, they've heard uh, some of the movie films, the religious movie films, and they think they know the Bible, but Hollywood's version is is often far from the truth. Yes, absolutely right. Hey, Don, time is going quickly today, and I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the what you're sharing today, but i like to take a short break here. Just before I play a song, I would like to to uh, talk a little bit again the free offer which we have for today. I think it's a very timely book, even for our discussion, because um, we talk about here differences uh, among uh, people in the Christendom. And uh, I have this book called Baptized Paganism. And I wonder if we have any practices, you know, um, creeping in even today in the Christendom. This book talks about the churches suffering from spiritual amnesia. This eye-opening investigation explores the pagan customs that have been gradually introduced into Christianity and whether or not you should avoid participating in one or more of these practices. I'll encourage you, my dear friend, uh, listening today to request this uh, free offer, this book which we have it for you. And you can send us a text message on 04888-80811 with the code SA66. And you'll have this book in your hands. Free of charge. No obligation. Right now, we'd like to listen to a, a beautiful song about kindness. Feelings have run strong When both of 
Welcome back. This is Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nikrita and Don Folberg. That was a wonderful song about kindness. And um, just in the last, in the next few minutes uh, which we have left, we are going to um, finalize this discussion uh, about uh, unity uh, in Christendom. But just before that, I'd like to again mention this uh, offer which we have for today, baptized paganism. Uh, my dear friend, if you haven't yet requested, uh, you could do that by uh, sending us a text message with the code SA66 on 04888-808-11. And a shout out to those people who already request uh, the book. Um, I would like to say hello to Nada and uh, Brian and uh, uh, who else requested this book? Carlo and uh, Camelo, uh, Marge, uh, yes, uh, you'll enjoy the book definitely. And uh, yeah, dear friend, uh, send us a text message with the code SA66 and the book Baptized Pagan- Paganism will be yours. Don, we have a few more minutes uh, left here. Just before the break, we talked about, and you share with us that story, you know, with, um, with some other ministers and people, uh, uh, the ministers fraternal. And, um, yes, we learn uh, from that story that people want to get hold, I mean, take hold of their stand, you know, and uh, what they understand. But would you be able to share with us a little bit, um, uh, did Luther face similar situation? Because when we talk about reformation, Uh, Yeah, Luther comes in mind. Yes, well, you know, Luther, when he discovered things from the Bible that were different to what the church taught, he thought that they would welcome his biblical discoveries and they they would rejoice about what he had to share with them regarding God's grace and salvation. Mm. But you know what happened to him? They rejected it. They didn't want to listen. They didn't even want to give it a hearing. And he was put out of the Catholic Church. And so uh, he had to come out because he was willing to follow his convictions and what he had discovered. And uh, there's a little text in Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 that says, Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Mm. Mm. You can't, you know, and uh, you can't believe we're saved by our works and at the same time believe that we're saved by grace through faith. You you have to choose one or the other. And Luther could see that, that, that what the Bible taught and he was willing to follow it. So a return to biblical truth was needed and uh, and so that brought about the coming out. And the Reformation took place because biblical truth had to be restored. Mm. Uh, let me just uh, bring it to this. Um, uh, what's the call that God gives in the last days? Now, you mentioned a bit earlier about a call to come out of what? Can you share with us yeah. briefly? Yeah, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and receive of her plagues. Mm. And so the question is, where do God's people come out to? Mm. Well, if you look back in Revelation chapter 14, we have there three angels' messages. And these are the last message to go to the world to prepare people for the coming of Jesus. Because after these messages are given, the next 
thing that is described is the coming of Jesus in mm. verses 14 and 15. Mm. And in Revelation 14 and verse 6, it says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. So here it's a message based on the everlasting gospel that's to go to the entire world, saying, Fear God and give glory to him. How much is that message needed today to... Uh, So many people don't even believe in God. And here's a call to fear God, to give him respect and to give him glory. And how do we give glory to God? Well, by doing what he says. Mm. And then it says, for the hour of his judgment is come and then worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. God here gives the people of the world a call to worship him, the creator. And then the next verse talks about uh, Babylon having fallen and uh, people drunk with the wine of Babylon or with false teachings. And then in verses 9 and 10, the third angel comes along and says, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he'll drink of the wine of the wrath of God and so on. And so um, I would say to our listeners, you shouldn't rest until you understand what these issues are. And these issues, this this mark of the beast issue is not talking about whether you have the vaccination or not for COVID, or, or it's not talking about some microchip being put in your head. Mm-hmm. The issue there, if you look at the text, says if anyone worships, God is giving us a call to worship, and here there's, There's a warning about worshipping the beast and the image and the mark. And Nick, those that take heed to this call to come out, come out of her, my people, are described in verse 12. It says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And so that's God's true uniting call of the last days, to unite on the faith of Jesus and the commandments of God. Yes, the Protestant Reformation is still relevant in the third millennium, and we still need to stand up for biblical truth like Luther and Tyndale and Knox and Wesley and the others that we've been talking about. Now that's wonderful, uh, Don. And it was a journey uh, to go for these three weeks to talk about the importance of uh, uh, reformation. I wonder, Don, if you could just close with a short prayer. Sure. Loving Father, we thank you for this journey we've been on over this last three weeks, looking at the uh, Protestant Reformation and uh, looking at some of the people and looking at some of the wonderful truths they discovered and that they were willing to die for. And Lord, I just pray that you'll help each one of the listeners to love Jesus, to love his word and to be willing to stand up for it just like these uh, men that have gone before us. Mm. Lord, I pray that... um, that you'll help each one to heed that call to stand with Jesus, to have that faith of Jesus and to keep his commandments and to come out 
of religious confusion and to stand solidly with Jesus. Bless everyone and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Don, thank you so much for being part of this journey with us. Uh, and we're looking forward to, um, uh, to have you with us on different programs again. May God bless you. And, um, I know that, uh, retired pastors, they are more busier than when they were in ministry. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> the case with you too. God bless you and take care. My dear friend. Thank you, Nick. Yes, my dear listener, um, we're inviting you to join us again next time because we are going to approach another topic, uh, radical teachings in the parables of Christ. And one of the questions which we are going to ask uh, uh, next time is uh, about the um, uh, parable uh, of the lost coin. May God richly bless you and please uh, enjoy walking in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.